Tonight, Cult Similar Cavalcade completes its Craig R. Baxley expose and its fourth year with the Dolph Lundgren science fiction feature Dark Angel, known in the United States as I Come in Peace. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. The episode you are listening to will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. This is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 112. This is four years of this show. This is Brandon, and as always with me is your endorphin co-hoster, Cullen. I watched this thing from from beginning to end. I didn't see Jessica Alba once. This thing's bullshit. Today we're here to discuss the 1990 film Dark Angel, also known as I Come in Peace. Cullen, tell us the pieces of the plot. Renegade cop is forced to work with an FBI agent in order to bring down a group of drug dealers with sinister plans. Dark Angel, also known as I Come in Peace, is directed by Craig R. Baxley and stars Dolph Lundgren, Brian Benben, Betsy Brantley, Matthias Hughes, Michael J. Pollard, and Sam Anderson. Fun fact, Cullen, do you know who wrote this movie? Brian Benben. No. Under a different pseudonym, it was written by David Kep, who you uh, may know as the person who wrote uh, Jurassic Park, Carlito's Way, <laughs> Mission Impossible, Panic Room, Spider-Man, many, many uh, big Hollywood uh, notable movies. Um, so There's a real Carlito's Way uh, vibe to I Come in Peace. Sure. Right. Right, right, but yeah, he's he he's a guy who wrote this movie. It was like it, it was picked up. Late. It was a script that was around for a bit in the in the eighties. It was originally supposed to be like a seventeen million dollar movie, and it ended up being a five million dollar movie. But we have Craig R. Baxley. The man makes five million look like forty million, I'd say. But yeah, we're here. Uh, we're back. The final piece of our Craig R. Baxley expose, and also Cullen. Yes. We are we are four years old on this episode. And what does that mean, Brandon? We're very excited. And that's it. Nothing ever happened. It's just four years. Four Five. years. I think we were more excited about two years. I don't know. I, I had ice cream tonight, so there you go. Yeah. I ate a cookie. It was chocolate chip. Oh, So, yeah, thank you to those of you who have been around for four years um, since the beginning. Even those of you who have been around less time. Where the fuck have you been? Yeah. What took you so long? Uh, We're on the internet. It's not hard to find. Uh, Thank you to our guests who have uh, frequented, stopped by one time, stopped by two times, stopped stopped by an ultimate amount of times. Yeah, uh, it's been great having you guys here. And uh, the show continues as we go into um, year five after this. But, uh, yeah, thank you. I, I don't know what else to do. We hit a big hundred milestone, and we kind of ran out of gas with that. So, um, <laughs> year four, clink, right? Let's all celebrate. 
Gosh, we're so excited about this. But I am excited to talk about a coming piece. Uh, the, good. The, uh, the excitement makes me excited. The uh, the final film, which we it, it comes chron- chronologically, it happened before Stone Cold and after Action Jackson. But if you look at the movies we have discussed during these anniversary episodes, uh, we had Abraxas, we had Zardoz, and we had uh, Highlander. I don't think this one hits the Zardoz territory as much as it does the Highlander and Abraxas territory. But Colin, once you saw this movie, did it make sense why I did that? Uh, yes, one. yes. <laughs> yeah. As as I, as I was watching it, I thought, I'm glad we picked this one last. Right, right. So this little movie, um, a lot of the United States know it as I Come in Peace. Uh, it's named Dark Angel. Uh, that was its international title. Apparently, America thought, well, I guess there was two movies that were from like the 30s or something called Dark Angel, and, and uh, studios thought audiences might get confused. <laughs> It's like, wait, Dolph Lundgren's in this movie. I expected it to be a talkie, and that be it. Uh, right. So I, uh, I don't know what that means, but uh, I know there's a lot of people strongly refer to it as a come in peace. So that's why I've been AKAing it the whole time. Well, also, I come title. in peace makes more sense because it said, I don't know, a dozen times or more in the movie right as opposed to dark angel which makes dick all sense yeah and so basically we're going to be talking tonight about Dolph Lundgren's Terminator slash Highlander movie so uh strap in or in (laughs) inject in I guess that's kind of like the movie but uh yeah we're we're gonna finish this Craig R. Baxley thing off with uh a very special film. This movie opens with a businessman uh, popping in a Christmas CD on a drive through the city, and he begins skipping around on him and shoots out, and he puts it back in, but he loses attention driving and winds up in a Christmas tree shop. Then something falls from the sky and blows his car the fuck up, because guess what? You're watching a Craig R. Baxley movie, and this is how we start them. Uh, and in the crater where his car was rises a Highlanderish-looking man, uh, with white long hair and just white eyes, who breathily tells him, "I'm coming, peace." <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry fucking Christmas, you mean? Yes. That's what he says when he gets oh, out yeah, of his yeah. car. Merry fucking Christmas. And the Christmas tree farm on fire. A crater in the yeah. Like w- like was it just me or when he was in the car, uh, trying to drive around? Did it seem? like his CD, either the CD or the CD player wanted him dead because it kept spitting out like into his lap and like making him like, you know, swerve around, you know, on the street and stuff. Like, I don't know about you, but if a CD just poops out of my CD player, I don't wildly drive my car around. Ah, shucks. It's like deathbed, but with a CD player. (laughs) I No joke. That's absolutely what I was thinking. Like, this is Death Car, <laughs> also known as Christine. But, you know, whatever, I call it Death Car. <laughs> death Car. Oh, man. So then we, we focus on some, like, black ops guy thing sneaking around through the ducks and stuff in a police station. 
Uh, he's talking to a guy he has on the inside. An officer goes into a records closet and he gets knived by this ops guy, like tosses one, just sticks in his chest and instantly kills him. The, the guy eyes some, he looks at some heroin that's in this locker, must be the evidence locker. Mm-hmm. And he dresses up in that officer's uniform and checks the uh, heroin out at the desk. The guy at the desk recognizes the name tag, calls it in, but the guy leaves a bag behind as the two walk out to the escape car and the place blows the fuck up. <laughs> and then the guy in the back seat, like the, the ops guy, and he comes in his pants. He says, a little insurance, no witnesses. Like, he totally he, comes you know, in his does, pants. He does. He's just very excited that the plan went off. So, right. You know, and the plan went off, so he went off. So good for him. He knows and what I mean, he likes. He totally, uh, what was the guy's name in the last movie that got, like, the street grenade thrown at him? Oh, I don't remember. What the- it's Stone Cold. This was that kind of bombing, but even bigger. <laughs> like, there's no police station left. Like, there can't be. Oh, no, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, like to the point, I was like, did you blow up the block as well as the building? Like, was when he blew it up, I thought, like, like was that pol- was that the police building? Was that like a train station? I couldn't tell what he was blowing up. It seemed and it, too big to be the police station. Doing it just to cover up stealing, like, a tray of heroin. Yeah, it does seem like overkill, <laughs> doesn't it? Right. It's like, how is committing this crime, like, I, I understand that like, you want to distract them, but, like, at the same time, like, why is that a distraction? <laughs> Like, shouldn't you do it on the other side of town, not right where they are? Like, what are you doing? And also, I love when they kill that officer in uh, the evidence room. Like, how convenient is that for the actual police officer? It's like, oh, great. We just, like, when we're done with the evidence, we just put it on the shelf right next to Ted. How nice is that? Right. We then meet Jack Kane, who's played by Dolph Lundgren. He's on a sting o- operation, uh, chomping a burger. He's got a guy on the inside of this nightclub, and uh, he notices the guys we just saw leave the police station. Now in suits, enter the restaurant where the man is. Uh, this heroin exchange is going down. While that's happening, these goons go to rob a liquor store, and Kane can't just sit still in his car and let it happen, so he goes to save the day. And while he's in the liquor store, the mob guy reveals they know that the guy is a cop and we've been on your charade for a week. And as Kane fires away and kills a bad guy, so too is his partner shot and killed. And the alien from the beginning appears then in the club shortly after. And he says, I'm coming, peace. And fires a disc in the room that slices up everyone and tosses a grenade in there and collects all the heroin Kane then busts into the scene, finding dead mobsters and his deceased partner. This movie's off to a fucking rocking start. <laughs> there's, there's a lot happening at the beginning of this. We have one of the graduates from... What university did you attend? The University of Suck My Dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Dolph Lundgren handing out roundhouse kicks like he's in Roadhouse. We also have... Uh, uh, let's be honest here. This I come in peace alien. When he shot that disc out, did you think it was the CD from the beginning of the movie? Yes. <laughs> okay, yes, Ted. I'm glad it's not just me. I thought he repurposed it. Why else would they have shown it so much in the beginning? <laughs> right? It's Chekhov's CD. But it's, it's like not. Just, it's just letting you know there's going to be a lot of CDs like things bouncing around in this movie. <laughs> right. 
But it's not. It's not a. I mean, is it supposed to be like foreshadowing? Is that what what it was supposed to be? I don't know, but I don't know. I don't. I think I don't think it worked how they wanted it to. And also, like when the alien shows up and like he grabs the heroin, like you said, right? And, yeah. Yeah. And I thought, like, hang on, this alien came all the way here from God knows where for heroin. Like that seems weird. <laughs> Like, is it that good? Like, oh, Earth has the best heroin. That's where you gotta go. <laughs> I'm just gonna take this. <laughs> He's like the, is he like the Boba Fett of heroin? Uh, both crime scenes are being cleaned up as the chief shows up and is briefed. He interviews Jack, who he's pissed at, and Jack's apparently been MIA for eight days while on this case. Kane gets suspended for eight weeks, and he says, take the vacation or I'll make it permanent. Then the FBI shows up, Pisses the chief and pisses the chief off more. Uh, Diane, who's Kane's main squeeze, shows up, but the FBI want to question Kane in private. They banter about the weapon that killed the goons and wants to know where Manning, who is the bad guy we saw in that moment, is. The FBI then forces the chief to put Kane back on the case and give him a partner, who is Special Agent Larry Smith, the polar opposite of him, a pencil pushing by the book guy. Diane also arrives. Uh, she's the coroner, and we can't. Exp- she can't explain the incisions that killed the bodies. Diane's pissed about the eight days that Kane was gone, and that Kane didn't contact her during it, thinking he was dead. So up to this point, this movie's kind of avoided like those cliches of action movies, you know, to a point at least. And then it's like. <laughs> Like, oh, we're putting you with this guy that you d- would never believe is going to be your partner. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, shit. And I just immediately <laughs> rolled my eyes. Yep. The, all, all the movie, all, Action Jackson didn't have a partner. He, well, he had Vanity. Right. He was paired with a, a love interest instead. Uh, all these guys that have been in these uh, these three movies also had leaves of absences. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you were on suspension. You're wildly dangerous. Oh, wait. But you're so dangerous that we need you to do this dangerous thing every time. Like, your negligence is being rewarded. <laughs> cool. Yeah, but yeah, they hand him the partner, which, you know, big guy, little guy. That's what we've had, the <laughs> dynamic here. Have, have, we, have we come across the uh, that's one uh, section of the movie yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. He gives uh, the ultimatum to Larry. What does he even do? He says just something... Like, off the cuff at him, and he throws him up against a wall. It's like a three-strike rule for some reason, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that's one. Like, what is this? Ca- huh? Good to meet you, too, jerk. You've been gone for eight days. <laughs> you get one. <laughs> that's right. Gosh, and yeah, Brian Ben-Ben, like, the star of Dream On. Yeah, right? Yeah. Wasn't it weird to see him? You don't him? see him in a lot of movies. I mean, and he's really young here, too. Yeah, exactly. But he's also, like, one of those guys that he's young, but he looks like he's always, like... Always going to look 40, even when he's 50. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like at age 20, like, he's 40 years old. Put a sweater on him, he's 40. He's got three kids. Uh, we go to an abandoned building where a homeless person's uh, ha- handing, uh, like hanging out inside of it, and uh, there's something comes crashing through all the walls in it, and it's another alien guy. At the crime scene, Smith is trying to go over the scene with basic tactics, and as Kane patiently is over it, like some office building, there's a guy alone at night. 
and he's attacked by the first alien we met, and he gets this little rope with a sharp end, sticks in him, and injects him with some shit. And uh, then he, the alien gets a knife thing out of his fist, and he stabs him in the head. Kane and Smith go to a strip club where Kane mentions... What the hell are we doing in a bar? I don't drink on duty. It's hardly proceed. So proceed home. I can think here. What are you talking about? How can you think here? And Kane finds a guy named Boner to get info. <laughs> it doesn't lead to much. They go back to the crime scene as Kane comes up with a billiard-related tactic for the blade to travel around the room. And they find the blade in a speaker in the wall. And it's still shaking. And Smith pulls it out and it flies back around and lands back in the speaker. Kane goes, now that's a murder weapon. I almost wish he would have looked in, into the camera and just winked at it when he <laughs> said that, too. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so the thing like that's like a like a spike that like or like a like a rope with a spike on it that goes into the chest that injects mm-hmm. I don't know milk the heroin. <laughs> no, it's the heroin. Okay, he uses that. What he does, we find this. We'll explain this now because he. What we find out later is he injects the heroin into the human body, and then it does something to the endorphins in them. The spike in there, he shoot, the shoots it in their head, spike. and he sucks, yeah. and yeah, and he sucks it out of them because when the heroin mixes with the human, there's some endorphin, and it's basically like a drug for aliens. So he's like an alien drug dealer coming to Earth to get a supply and go back and sell it. Yes, that's basically what he is. So mm-hmm. that's what, and you find this out slowly throughout because at first. When the rope thing comes out, I thought he was sucking something out of him through that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you see the well, you see the the white stuff go down, which is the heroin mixed up in his thing. Right, and then he and he pulls it back out, and there's some fucking drug right. aliens. Like like because he just shows up and starts killing, and I just thought like, what is your problem? Like you've been here for seconds, and you're already killing people. Like what are you? What are you doomsday? Calm down, you turd. Yeah, and also but he comes in. He comes in peace. Yeah, that's what he does. I I also like that he, uh, Jack does his uh he does his thinking in a strip club. It's like, yeah, if the the per, the perfect thing would just be a hot tub in the strip club. That would be oh, the best gosh. place to do thinking, right? Right. <laughs> the best. Uh, There's two places you can think: the strip club or the hot, hot tub. tub. Put them together. That's a think both, tank. Both. Oh, <laughs> both have boobies. That's right. And also, uh, was it just me, or was the, or, or, or the strippers, was it like a drunk ant night at the strip club? It was just oh god, yeah, just a, just a, just a bunch of ladies. I'm not gonna say good or bad shape, whatever. They just looked like they were just a bunch of like someone's ants, just like well, it's Tuesday. Who wants to who wants to give me five dollars? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that's why he does his best thinking there. He's like, all right, well, you know, I appreciate the the effort everyone does here, and I won't be distracted, so I'm supporting American business, but I still can get a good think going here. From Boner. From Boner. God. How cliche is that, too? (laughs) It's funny, because it's just like all these, like, things, like you said, where it's like, uh, you know, there's aliens and uh, neat things, whatever, but then there's still, like... Oh, we're, we're partnering you with, you know, like, it's the odd couple fucking partner cops shit. And then there's Boner in his strip club. You know, just ridiculous <laughs> things like that. 
I'm, oh, yeah. I'm surprised he doesn't meet like a pip named Shug Shug or something like that later in the movie. Or a stripper that he knows is named Candy or something. Right. The other alien guy roams the streets, and then there's a dude listening to like super 80s rap music, driving a maintenance <laughs> golf cart thing through a parking garage, and he gets attacked and injected and then drained by the bad alien. The other alien finds him during this, though, and fires a blaster at him, and the blaster blows up a car. And then oh, no. as the bad one runs atop the car hoods, this guy he continues yeah, firing and blowing up the cars until the bad one jumps out of the garage and escapes. And this is fucking awesome. <laughs> like, these cars are just, like, as the guy is hopping off one, it's blowing up behind him. <laughs> and it's just explosion, explosion, fire, explode. Like, these blasters are fucking awesome that they have. so much of it goes on, too. Oh, it's so great. It's like, it's like each one is just like dynamite. It's preposterous. It's, I mean, it's like the blast that comes out of them, like from like the front muzzle thing of it is like big. And then just like, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't look like stretching of the imagination. Do you like really feel like that blaster is giving off that power? It's just this, the way that's the sound engineering and stuff is on <laughs> right. it. Right. And the funny thing is, the Matthias Hughes guy who plays the bad alien, the mm-hmm. I come at peace, he had to do his own stunts in the movie because they couldn't find somebody, there wasn't anybody like his frame that would mm-hmm. be believable. So he's actually doing the running on top of the cars. Wow. And they were blowing it up. And they, they did that whole thing with him running across the top of it, those cars in one take. Wow. They got it on the first take, yeah. Wow. He is. How, how big do you think he is? He's six five. God damn! And like, because there are like sometimes where like you will see someone uh, do stuff for Dolph, and he's still a pretty big dude too. He's about mm-hmm. six two, probably something like that, maybe even taller. But even he can find a stunt man for him. And even but even then, it's kind of like sometimes from an angle like that was that was just some guy in a black wig. Yeah. Although Dolph did his all, all the martial arts stuff for 100% Dolph. Like they were yeah. amazed. Mm-hmm. They're amazed at how like for his frame and how big he is, like how quick and agile he is. Like yeah. Th- th- yeah. yeah. Absolutely. In that opening uh I was like, you know, watching and I was thinking like, wait, that was him. That wasn't a stand in or, or 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 whatever. Like that was actually him doing roundhouse kicks to these guys. Yeah. Craig Arbaxley said that like he's he he's like six foot whatever and so many pounds, but you can shoot him with a camera like he's five something. Mm-hmm. Like th- he's that agile. How great would it have been if Dolph Lundgren was the bad guy in Action Jackson? Because <laughs> he oh, can actually been, do, that would I would have bought it. Yeah, he can actually do martial arts and him like actually you know seducing a vanity. Like I could kind of believe that. <laughs> Yeah, he's a yeah. he's a big dude. He's intimidating. So I was like, all right, he's evil. Oh my god, Craig R. Baxley, get a time machine. <laughs> yes, very true. An- another fun fact about this movie: so Craig R. Baxley had there's a guy on set that was from the studio that was supposed to be just like monitoring things, keeping aware. But like he, Craig R. Baxley gambles like I bet this guy hasn't even fucking look at the script. So Craig, he was coming in under time and under budget, so he kept adding action sequences to this movie. <laughs> or, or or like certain like pieces of action within a sequence. Like there's a part where a police car like ramps off and flips over and explodes. Was it in the script? 
It's because they were under budget and under, and they had time, so he'd go out and shoot extra action shit. And I'm like, wait, a police car running around flipping and exploding was just like, eh, let's just do this. <laughs> we had access to a car, right? All right, let's gas it up. <clears throat> let's go. Yeah, crazy, like, but yeah. This- also, I want to I want to know what this song is that this kid listens to in the uh, golf carts. Oh yeah, it's like, hey, I'm Bob. It's it's that rap. that's like. My name's Brandon, and I'm here to say I'm going to the beach down to the hay. Like, it's that kind of rap. The game show host rapper rap. That's right. She's an ugly woman, and this is the truth. She got a big rotten tooth and a buckwheat boot. Little kids get ghosts when the girl is near, because she can drink a drink every day of the year. She's a Mr. Freaking Freak. Yeah, I know what you mean. Born October 31st, and the queen of Halloween. My duck is the term the homeboys use for the whacked out women at We Refuse. It's, it is maybe my favorite part of the movie. It's so good. <laughs> it's that good. It is that good. Like uh, I, I, it was so good. That should have been the song during the credits, and I'm really upset it wasn't. <laughs> Kane takes the speaker evidence home against Smith's wishes and is flabbergasted by Kane's ultimate apartment complete with a pool table. They talk about their differences. Smith downs a glass of wine in one gulp, leaves, and Kane looks at his pic of him and Diane holding a rope and smiling. And uh, that's the day we climbed the rope together. It's a magical day in gym class. (laughs) He then pays her a late night visit to apologize. She slaps him a few times, but she's still DTF. And she goes, I don't know what pisses me off more. You doing this or me for letting you. And uh... I know it pisses me off. <laughs> you slapping the shit out of him because you're upset because he clearly did something to upset you. And then seconds later, you're kissing. Horseshit. <sighs> the next next morning, Kane does his walk of shame back to his apartment. Uh, arrives there, but yeah, the door's n- ajar. Not just that. Huh? He spends the night with her, too. Oh, yeah. man. Ho, ho, ho. Of all the things in this movie, that's the re- least realistic thing to happen in this film. <laughs> so he gets to his apartment. It's been ransacked. He apprehends someone walking through with a gun, but it's Smith. And Kane is slightly suspicious that Smith has done this, but it's it's a bit ominous. The mechanic's garage, a, a woman is attacked by the bad alien, injected and then drained. And it is brutal. Like when he hits her head, it's like, yeah, was it just me, or did this seem like uh, the beginning of an Elm Street sequence before someone falls asleep? Yeah, yep, yep, yep. She's working on the car. Yeah, yeah. It, it's right. It's close. Yeah, it's very close. Expecting uh, the next shot to be in, in a cemetery, surrounded by right, bombs. Yeah, streets. like she she rolls from under the car and she's uh, like in a cemetery. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, it's smoke everywhere. Kane and Smith uh, meet with a strung out, wigging out scientist who's been studying the disc. He says it's basically a magnet. Uh, he's still not done researching it yet. Uh, Diane then shows them the bodies of the three bad alien victims, saying they have a massive heroin overdose and that these people aren't junkies. Kane then gets a taunting letter and photo from Manning, letting him know that right there's right man, right-hand man Warren is on to him. And on their way to Warren... They are shot at and chased by some of Warren's men, but Smith has a badass laser-pointing magnum to counterfire with Kane as he drives, and they manage to evade them and get to Warren's office. 
Smith argues for a warrant, but Kane doesn't care. He sets off every sports car's alarm outside as he enters the building. He fights off a few guards on his way, and he pulls a gun and confronts Warren at an exact meeting of sorts at this long table. Warren doesn't believe Kane didn't kill his men. Uh, Warren is upset. He is losing the drug war. Then Warren brings a kidnapped Smith in as leverage and tells Kane he's supposed to kill him today, but instead he's going to make him do this drop for him or they kill Smith. Now, I have a question. Do you th- <laughs> Yes. Do you, th- do you think they started shooting this movie and the guy who plays Manning mm-hmm. suddenly wasn't available to shoot mm-hmm. and then they're like, "Okay, we'll switch to this Warren guy." Cuz Manning's the main bad guy. Right. We see him in the opening sequence where he kills the partner in cold blood mm-hmm. and he never comes back. <laughs> right. Uh, and they're like, no, this Warren guy. And there's like a line dropped at the end about maybe going after him later, but uh, this guy gets away. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Because like when Warren showed up, I felt like, wait, wh- who's this guy? Huh? Because it's immediately following that picture that <sighs> um, whatever his name is, the the guy who's supposed to be the main bad guy, or at least to yeah. a Jack. It's like anyway. a picture of him hanging on a set of an Andy Sedaris movie. Right. Like, I saw that picture, and it's like, oh, you know, wishing you and Sam well, or something like that. Like, what a dickhead. Like, who, who would no, it's do wishing you, wishing, wishing you dead. Yeah. Yeah. What a complete jackass. Short of, like, taking a picture with a toothbrush up his butt. Like, I can't imagine being more rude and sending a picture. Oh, the balls in that guy. And then, yeah, like, Warren, who's, you know, Mr. Gorpley from Perfect Strangers, shows up. And it's like, yeah. who, like, who is this guy? Like, and does he... I don't think he even comes back outside of this one scene, does he? No. <laughs> exactly. So there's just, like, there's, like, more bad guys just to... Like, what? There's just this... They run this town. I guess, but, like, the, like the rest of this movie is, like, you know, pretty good. But then there's just, like, this section here, it's just, like, a... Just a pile of spaghetti. Like, wait, what? Hang on, and you're with I mean, huh? It's our detail of where the heroin comes from that gets a little bit too much detail on it. And because this actor maybe quit or something, it gets a little more complex because they throw in Warren as a spin and they have to explain that a little. Yeah. Or something. Maybe instead of spending all that money on cars exploding, you could have just reshot that scene. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's a thought, Craig. Put some inserts with Warren instead. Although, you know what? To be fair, we are watching a Craig R. Baxley movie. He likes to blow it up. That's what they're paying him to do. Michael Bay saw his movies and said, you know what? More. That night at the drop, uh, Kane takes a suitcase of heroin to our man, Al Leong. He's back. He was uh, was there um, in Action Jackson. Um, yes. But he's, he's back here, and he like kind of a, a little bit of range for him, different role, kind of. And he pulls a gun on Kane, tells him to tell the white boys, which I forgot, that's the the, the mobsters, that's their name, they're the white boys. That's, their, that's their, their gang name. To kiss his ass, and he chases him into an alley, but Kane finds him dead and is attacked by the bad alien who opens fire in the alley, blowing shit up until the good alien comes by and runs off. The bad alien takes a suitcase of heroin and to some remote area. Kane and uh, Smith go to the hospital. Smith forces a girl off the phone to make a call, and Diane tells Kane what heroin does to the body. You want to ask my question? Yeah, roughly speaking. Heroin stimulates the pituitary to make endorphins. Endorphins are a hormone that create an incredible sense of well-being. 
Nature's ecstasy. So if you shot somebody up, drilled a hole and... Theoretically, you'd have your hands on a nearly perfect drug. One ounce would be enough for a thousand doses. Why theoretically? Well, there's no way in the world to do it. Nobody has anything like the technology to preserve or administer the stuff. Not yet, anyway. And Kane finds Smith in the hall and tells him it's aliens, and Smith thinks he's full of shit. They go get the disc, but their scientist has been beaten up and the disc stolen. This motherfucker's been beaten up. Yeah, like, at, at this point, I was thinking, like, okay, they're aliens, great. Why are you here? <laughs> like, why yeah. are there two of you? <laughs> like, I can't, like... Wh- like one of you's bad. Is the other one also bad? What What is happening with you guys? I just need... Just give me a sliver. Like, okay, as far as I can tell, you you came here for heroin and killing. Like, you, like, you know, like we're just this deep into the movie. Like, well, I just is, need a, just a little more taste. Please. Yeah, this is like uh, Kyle Reese and uh, the Terminator in the first Terminator but you don't find about about Kyle Reese until like the last fifteen minutes. Like who's <laughs> that's who right. It's like it's if Kyle Reese just never made any actual contact with Sarah Connor until the last fifteen <laughs> minutes. At a grocery store, the bad alien comes in peace and sends his disc flying around, uh, and he goes to inject a guy. But the other alien shows up and blasts the place the fuck up, and they get a shootout of explosive proportions, and the good one is wounded. Uh, Kane takes the extraterrestrial hypothesis to the police chief and is met with rejection, but called about the grocery store massacre at that crime scene. The FBI blocks Kane from the scene, and then the good alien watches the investigation, suffering. Kane then asks Diane about taking a vacation right now and getting away. He tells her to quit her job, and she excitedly buys into it. Smith tries to get Kane to come around, which Kane gives him his third strike, and they argue over him, and he goes, I'm a team player. Well, your team sucks. Which <laughs> might be one of my favorite things in this movie. I loved it. I died. I was like, like, yeah, well, your team sucks. It's like, <laughs> what you say when you're just out of clever things to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, 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 you suck. <laughs> so and he delivered a lot. Like he, like, should be, I, I thought it was hilarious. Like he, like he should be like walking away, like stomping his feet, like look, like looking back at him, like, uh, you, you don't even know, you don't even know. The jerk store called. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> so Kane gets in his car, which has the good alien in the back seat, and then Smith gets in and freaks out. They drive away and pull over. The alien is bleeding all this white goop. And he says that the other one must be stopped. He's harvesting a drug from humans to sell across the galaxy. If he returns to his planet, more like him will come to Earth and kill everybody. And he encloses them, the hideout of the bad alien. Kane promises he will stop him. Smith says, at least we have something now. His body, we have proof. And then the alien combusts in the car. But Smith manages to take the blaster. They argue over what to do with the blaster. And Smith says he's... Taking it to his boss. And he goes, we're the good guys, Jack. Somewhere along the line, you just forgot about that. As he takes off on foot, he meets his boss, who is looking pretty skeevy. And we find out he gave him the disc as well. And then Switzer, the the boss, tells Smith that Kane has to be taken out, but won't ask him to do it. And they don't want Kane to kill it, this alien. And Switzer goes to shoot Smith, but Kane was there and shoots him. He says, never trust nobody. Kane Manual, page one, chapter one. Oh, 
another just like action movie trope of our but that wasn't like set up earlier in the movie like he was he, like he'd say that it was just like here but it's like the part of a longer running yeah right. one liner right yeah usually when that stuff happens like there's they so like you know page you know seven chapter you know whatever it's not just like what you have a book like why are you what you have a philosophy on life this is the first we've heard of it yeah like like when they go to like the strip club at the beginning and he's like what are we doing here and he should have been like Kane book or whatever page mm-hmm. one page 77 chapter two when when wanting to think go to boobies deluxe you know like <laughs> I hope that's the name of the club boobies yeah. deluxe it's not even it's right down the street from tit for tat <laughs> <gasps> What I love, they when they're in the car with uh, Agent Smith and, and and Jack here, and they talk about the alien in the back seat. And I think uh, Agent Smith says, ah, "Good thing he's on our side." Yeah, good thing the dying guy is on our side. Why are you happy about that? It's, it's funny for two reasons. One, he says that, and then two, oh, we got evidence, and then he immediately explodes. <laughs> Well, he's just back there going, Hah! like I'm sitting back, I'm sitting there like looking. I was like, is this guy gonna th- this 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 guy's butt? He's done. He's he's almost done. <laughs> he's finishing he's himself. Out. He's tapping out. He's finishing himself up in the back seat. Like I'd run out of there too, but it turns out he actually exploded. So it's all for the best that they got out of the car. They pull up on this hideout. Kane asks Smith if he want, wants to quit, and Smith says, "You want to quit? No." I'm kind of used to following procedure, you know. Right now, I think we should just kick some ass. I'm kind of used to following procedure. Right now, I just think we should kick some ass. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they think they're t- they're so hang too on, late. You're, you're telling but- me that the straight-laced guy in this action movie has decided, hey, I'm gonna let my hair down and kick ass. And he also listens to rap music now. I just wish he would have taken his tie off and tied it around his head. Oh, that'd be good. Uh, they think they're too late, but the alien pops up to surprise them, and Smith struggles to fire the weapon. He's hit by a disc in the arm. The alien begins firing, blowing shit up. Uh, they figure the gun out and shoot the alien, but he gets it back up and blows up a brick wall that they're standing by. Smith hits him again, but they can't find him when looking for his body. Kane does find the endorphin stash that he dropped when he escaped, though. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but this whole the, this whole part was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Let's just keep right. going. There's like, I don't know if there was just like so much action in this movie that like when the, like this happened, like I don't fucking care. Let's just let's go. Let's move on <laughs> with the story. You've got the endorphins, chip chop. Let's move it. <laughs> At the apartment, they gear up and make a plan. Diane shows up, and as they leave the building, uh, mob guys open fire on them. Smith fires the alien gun at them. A cop shows up, and the mob guys fire at him. And then the alien shows up and opens his explosive fire. And Kane and company escape in his car. The alien gets into a police car and gives chase. They're like, who is... <laughs> Diane asks, who is this guy? And Dolph goes, who is that guy? Some asshole from outer space. <laughs> I don't know why. I love that line. I cracked up. There's like every time he's a... Oh, he's some asshole from outer space. It's no big deal. It's a Tuesday. Like, 
like you expect him like to look into the camera. It's a living. It's ridiculous. And I love like how you like said like just the order of that stuff. Like he takes his gun and then they go to his apartment <laughs> and then the alien shows up and they get in a car chase and then the cop car shows up and the cop car blows up. Like that's what it is. It's just like a series <laughs> of events just like that. Like a, just like a like an eight year old making an action movie. <laughs> it's awesome. Like 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 d- are we not sure that Craig R. Baxley didn't consult, like, Miss McGurdy's <laughs> second-grade classroom? After an explosive chase through the streets, alleys, a mall, and uh, the explosion and crashing of many cop cars, we wind up at some power plant factory slash <laughs> thing, and Kane finds Smith a spot to get a clear shot as he plants the endorphins, and they watch from above as the alien picks it up. And finds it empty, and Smith fires, but, oh, the gun, gun is empty as well. Armed with a shotgun, Kane blasts the alien, and they run off. As the alien blasts his gun at them, Jack tells Diane and Smith to get out as he blows up gas barrels to keep the alien away. The alien winds up taking Diane at gunpoint. Kane gets him to throw her down by smashing, starting to smash the endorphins he has, the vials that they're in. And they have a standoff where Kane taunts the alien with the remaining endorphins. He tosses his shotgun, the alien tosses his blaster, Jack sets the endorphins down, and the alien shoots the disc, but Jack catches it with the speaker, (laughs) and uh, the alien takes the endorphin, and Jack attacks him with a beam, the alien punches the shit out of him, and throws him across the room, then tries to inject him, but Jack catches the poker thing, and he fends it off, uh, but he gets reeled in, and the alien says... Fuck you, spaceman. And injects him with his own thing. Jack then jump kicks the alien into a pipe, which impales him. He picks up the alien's gun, and it says, And you go in pieces, asshole. And he shoots him and blows the fuck up. Diane, Jack, and Smith all limp out and says a bunch of end of action movie lines <laughs> as we get a freeze frame and a song about fire keeping on burning plays and the credits roll. And that's a thing of fucking beauty. I do love how you said they say a bunch of action movie stuff and then it's over. It's like it's like typical like it's like Eight action movies would, or like action movies would normally end on just one of these lines, but they say like nine of them. Right, like th- like this was before everyone started copying Lethal Weapon and doing the above head shot and zooming out. This was yeah. just people like, oh man, we had a hard day. We're hanging over each other's shoulders and we're covered in blood. Let's go on vacation. Oh, I don't know, partner. Ho 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 ho. Freeze frame. Then your movie's yeah, it's over. Like, it's, yeah, there's just one line. It's like, hey, what about that vacation, Diane? About ta- or something, and that could have ended it. But then, no, he's and like, how about we go to Rio? That's where the that bad, main bad guy is. And they're like, oh, I don't know. Freeze frame there. Or there's, they'd be like, hey, how do, how's that one go for the rule book, partner? Bo-ho-ho, end it there. But it's like, oh, my gosh. It's a lot of them. It, yeah, it was. <laughs> we haven't gotten enough stereotypical action movie things. Let's get them in now. Go, go, go. 
and it freeze frames. And it freeze it's frames. It's great. And it's great because it happens seconds after the bad guy explodes. Yeah, yeah. I don't think a minute goes by. But absolutely It's got to be doesn't. 20 to 30 seconds. Ab- like 20 seconds probably. And that that death. Wow. Like it's not yeah. it's not enough <laughs> that he says fuck you spaceman, which is <laughs> beautiful. That is Shakespeare would blush. That is such good writing. <laughs> fuck you spaceman. <laughs> and then he kicks him through a pipe. Like <laughs> like <laughs> like like hang on. Let's make it like Commando for a second because it wasn't ridiculous enough of a movie. Right. But someone could kick another <laughs> being through a pipe and he's still dishing out the line i come in peace he is impaled yeah. through a pipe is there something wrong with his throat does he is his translator broken why does he keep saying i come in peace huh. does he think like Dolph Lund- lundgren's gonna be like oh you know what my bad let me hoist you off that pipe check off and also this this was a- he's like he's like I am Groot but with I come in peace. <laughs> That's right. What's his name? I come in peace. And this it's so funny when they they come up to this I don't know explosive factory. I don't know what they make there. He Dolph Lundgren's character seems to immediately know where everything is and how to get around. Like, do you hang out here on the weekends? <laughs> How do you know where everything is? Is this where you take the ladies? <laughs> exactly. Is that why Diane is so angry at you? Like your eight days were spent in the Kaboom factory, whatever this is? Because there are barrels of just explosive stuff just everywhere. And it's not just uh-huh. like it was like stacked up like, you know, for storage or something like that, which would make sense, right? It was like along the catwalks. Like, yeah, what? it was on the catwalk. Yeah, because he had like dragged it in there, like pulled one down. Yeah, it's like, oh, let me uncork this and dump it over. Like, what is this place? What What are you manufacturing? Why do you know it so well? There's just accelerate everywhere. And also, they're inside a factory. Agent Smith gets like knocked over a rail onto a car. Why is there a car inside this place? Yes. Who's parking their, their car? I don't know. I don't think so. It didn't seem like it was. <laughs> it seemed like it had been abandoned there for such a long time. It was so weird. And also, how did he survive falling through a car? He's Brian Ben Ben. Yeah. <laughs> He's not that big of a man. <laughs> like Dolph Lundgren is like, oh, it hurt and whatever, but he's a pretty solid dude. He is, <laughs> Brian Ben is Woody Allen size. He's not a big man. But I mean, this thing, I mean, this whole end sequence starts from him leaving the apartment. Like everything where I was like, and then this, and then this is the start of this, the end of the film. Like it just travels from the street shootout to the car chase to this. That's how the rest of the movie could be described. And then, and then, and then, just on and on until the freeze frame. Then he says, fuck you, spaceman. And he kicks him through a pipe. <laughs> but he's not done. The guy said, like, I come in peace for, like, the 90th time in the movie. But someone actually talks back to him and says, and he goes and peace his asshole. <laughs> it's so badass. <gasps> oh, gosh. Yeah, this, oh, this movie wasn't a hit. It was an end of September 1990 movie making just over $4 million, debuting at number six in the box office. Number one was Pacific Heights. 
Ugh. Yeah. Uh, it, it was. Uh, then there was uh, the Goodfellas ghost postcards from the end and narrow margin. Grossed more than it. And I bet people can only tell us what we'll say two of those movies are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the uh, number seven movie at the box office, though, was Van Damme and Death Warrant. Do you know if Death Warrant fared better than I Come in Peace? Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty... Yeah, Van Damme was on his run here. Uh, 16... About almost made $17 million. That was, his, that was his big one after Cyborg. And yeah, Van Damme was a solid money-making machine from here till Street Fighter, pretty much. Flyers number eight. Then nine, ten was Funny About Love and Presumed Innocent. So. Again, people can name three of those movies. <laughs> I had I had to look up what the fuck was funny about love. Not much. It's a uh, Gene Wilder movie. Oh, Gene! It's got he's got a baby sitting on top of his head with a long clock, and it says tick tick tick. I yep. don't know what that movie's about, but I have seen that poster a thousand times. On the next cult cinema cavalcade, funny about love. Oh. Made more, it made double what I Come in Peace made. I bet this movie was a little more funny. Did it make more than of the Craig R. Baxley movies? Which one fared best at the box office? I'm going to say Action Jackson. Yeah, Action Jackson made $20 million. Stone Cold made nine, a little over $9 million. So Come in Peace was the lowest grossing of them. Hell of a night, huh? Yeah, ow, ow. Glad I softened him up for you. Yeah, nice work, Smith. What the hell is your first name, anyway? Harwood. What? Harwood. My friends call me Larry. Uh-huh. Nice work, Smith. Can we please go on vacation now? I promised, didn't I? Where are we going, anyway? Well, I was thinking of Rio. <sighs> no, no. 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 Now we move to the point in the episode where we rate the movie we just watched. As we are cult cinema cavalcade, we keep things nice and culty. Our ratings are as follows. Stay with your family, which means you're like the police chief. You want Jack Kane to stay away for uh, vacation, suspension, whatever. Converted, which means you're like Brian Benben. You are uh, seeing the light from not being so straight-laced and believing in aliens. Or drinking the Kool-Aid, which means uh, you want some of that endorphins. There's out-of-this-world drug of choice, ecstasy for the mind. So, Cullen. How do you rate Dark Angel, also known as I Come in Peace? Well, <clears throat> as I watched this movie, I I couldn't help but think that this is the movie that Neil Breen wants to make. There's one guy who's good at everything. There are aliens for some reason. Drugs are involved, and there's a government cover-up with the FBI involved. So if you want to see a movie... That new brain would be like, oh, that's how you do it. That's what this film kind of is. It's just not sad and gross like his movies are. Overall, this is like a lot of fun. I think this is probably my least favorite of the Craig R. Baxley movies, but that's not a bad thing. That's like saying your least favorite Indiana Jones movie is uh, Temple of Doom. That makes sense. Not a bad thing. just makes sense. Anyway, uh, overall, this was... It was fun. There, there were a couple of those like moments where it just drags, but like those moments are brief, and you just kind of scratch your head. You're like, "What?" And then something blows up, and you're on, you're, and you're fine. You keep moving on with it. 
Dolph Lundgren really shows why it took a while for him to get dialogue in this film. Uh, so enjoy <laughs> that. Every time he delivers one of his strike lines, you can tell that he needs to go back to his acting class a little bit. But then he also delivers lines like, fuck you, spaceman. So it's a push as far as his acting goes. Um, overall, um, it's definitely worth your time. Uh, I say I am converted on I Come in Peace. Brandon, how do you rate I Come in Peace? All right. I, I'm going to be drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, this is my favorite of the three uh, movies. I, I love this one. I just think it's generally just a damn good time. Like You could you could watch it just to enjoy action movie stuff, silly shit. If you like, like B-level sci-fi movies, it's right there. I love you know explosions and it's crazy like the, I, I I don't think we can stress enough th- these are real explosions and real like there's so much shit blowing up so much danger on um, that people have to like stand by this stuff like <laughs> and watch it blow up uh, I think uh, I'm I'm obsessed with this movie I I love it a lot and I probably I pull it out like at least once a year just to watch it moves for me really fast and I think I always said like. If you ever, if you only watch one Dolph Lundgren led action movie, make it this one. Like this is this is my favorite like Dolph movie uh, with him in the action lead. If you see two, Showdown in Little Tokyo. But yeah, I do agree with Cullen. He he's in between. Like he's starting to get it, but he's not quite there with delivering his lines. This isn't like Masters of the Universe or Red Scorpion, but he's he's getting there. So it's like a a fifty fifty. Um, but he's fine. He's he's got some cool moves. But yeah, I just have a I have a blast with this movie, and I like the like. It's not like the, it's it's weird how crazy these aliens things are thrown in here, but they fit this world for some reason. They just like naturally flow in, and I think it's because that's where they they kind of have that same thing like a Highlander and Terminator have, where it's like this wild sci-fi concept, but it fits naturally into the aesthetic of like a, a normal world. They don't give you too. They don't overdo the aliens. There's still a lot of mystery to them, but they just are who they are, and you have an, you got enough of them. Granted, some of the some of the shit takes a while to go. Like, what exactly is going on here before they finally like spell it out for us? But we can get for the most part that one guy's killing people and the other one keeps showing up trying to kill him. So, I mean, in the credits, they're good alien and bad alien. <laughs> So, but I, I really, I really enjoy the hell, and I'm glad we end on this one. It's uh, very different, though, uh, from the Stone Cold and Action Jackson, which are more traditional action ones. This is the action sci-fi, but I love I Come in Peace uh, or Dyke Angel. It's yeah, it's just a fun ass movie. I think works on your own, works in a group, works, uh, just works for me. And yeah, Craig, I've enjoyed going through your three movies. They've been. A blast. Like, have we had a three-movie run this fun of, like, something? <laughs> no, uh, no, I don't think so, where we've had, like, all like all the movies are like, that was really good. <laughs> you know, we'll have, like, one or two, like, that yeah. was great. And then there's one that just makes us wish we didn't exist anymore. Right, yeah. There's usually, I mean, we're not doing all his films, but we're doing these three right here because, let's face it, there's a reason to do all three of them. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's coming in peace. Welcome to the inner world. Here, you have to be careful. You need to choose wisely, without doubts, fears. And the destiny is not a matter of chance. 
It's a matter of choice. The choice is yours. Ragnar. Royal Viking Beer. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing the Barbarian Queen as we always kick off our years where we have a Deathstalker movie and we're now to the spin-off series based on the Lana Clarkson character from the original. So tune in for then and thank you for listening as always for this episode or any of the episodes in the last four years. It's been great. Thanks to all our guests from over the years. It's been fun, and thanks for coming to being here all the time. But we look forward to next time. So first, stay tuned for the trailer to Barbarian Queen, the trailer that actually trails. A beautiful woman and another gut-gripping title from Medusa. This, the story of a barbarian queen pledged to revenge the massacre of her people. I'll be no man's slave and no man's whore. And if I can't kill them all by the gods, they'll know I've tried. Roar sacked her village, violated her sister, took her most precious possession. I'm going to get it back. Flanked by ravishing winning warriors. Burning with insatiable battle lust, this she-devil strikes back. As she thrusts herself to the threshold of ultimate evil. There are some people in this world who will never be your slaves. Touch her naked steel. No man can shatter her sacred shield. Barbarian Queen. Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. Follow CC Cavalcade on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to the show on cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker. Edited by Brandon Peters. Narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Join us again in two weeks for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. I come in peace. I come in peace. Mm -hmm. I come in peace. I win. I come in peace. And you go in pieces, asshole.